actually parliament and and all of the the heads of of government in Israel will they move all their operations from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem actually um all the governmental institutions are in Jerusalem not all there are lots functioning also from Tel Aviv but um i mean the parliament and the and all the basic democratic institutions of Israel are already seated in Jerusalem. Ah, okay. So they've already been operating out of Jerusalem. Yes, indeed. Okay. And and I know in in this new law, um, they indicate the official language of Israel to be Hebrew. Indeed. And how about those that uh, were, you know, born in, in Jerusalem that speak Arabic. Is Arabic going to be a recognized language, or how does that work? Well, um, in a way, uh, before the law, uh, neither Hebrew nor Arabic were official languages of the state of Israel, simply because there was no basic law um, stating that. So um, what happened now is that the nation state law does recognize, uh, legalize Hebrew as the official language of Israel. But at the same time, uh, it gave Arabic a uh, special status, uh, which means that it does recognize Arabic to be a language that, a language that is uh, used in Israel. And um, many think it's unjustified, but um, this is part of the nation-state law. The nation-state law is about reiterating the Jewish part of the state of Israel, because Israel is meant to be Jewish and democratic. And up until now, only the democratic part of it was uh, reinforced in law, in 12 basic laws. And... Only one is now emphasizing the Jewish part of the state of Israel. And Hebrew is part of the state of Israel. I see. So what what do you think prompted the Israeli government to create these laws? Well, uh, unfortunately, Michael... Um, law wasn't only necessary, but actually it was an urgent matter. Israel had uh, Arab members of Knesset, which are parliamentarians, uh, that make the third largest party of Israel. And they openly called to end the state of Israel, day in and day out. So they are not only rejecting Israel as a Jewish state, but also calls for foreign governments and entities to boycott Israel is actually totally absurd because the voters would suffer from a boycott as much. Also, when the law was debated and amendments were proposed, these parliamentarians did not propose any significant and constructive amendments in order to please all parties. On the contrary, they proposed a provocative amendment and asked for the name of the law to be changed to apartheid law. So, Israel is in a situation where its basic values are being questioned and ultimately
completely undermined. And it was time for Israel to enforce the law what we all have been taking for granted. We need to make sure that there is no erosion of Jewish values. After all, Israel was always meant to be Jewish and democratic, and it was long overdue to ensure the Jewish part of this combination. And, well, and that, that's, I guess, an issue that has always been at the center of the fight between, um, you know, members of, of, uh, of different Palestinian groups. That's always been their contention, has been the fight over whether Israel was a Jewish state or if it belonged to the Palestinians. So do you think that this law is going to create more problems, or do you think it's going to help to better organize the state? Uh, look, I, I believe that it could have all the provocation coming from some Arab parliamentarians that openly call to end the Jewish state. But, you know, I have to say this. Israel got two kinds of protesters right now. Uh, one kind is the minorities that completely reject the law from the first letter to the last. And to me, these are people that deny Israel's right to exist. If Israel cannot define itself as a Jewish state, then they totally reject it and want to abolish the state of Israel. And to me, there is nothing more to add. But then we have other protesters. The second, the second kind of protesters that are mainly the ones from the Druze community that don't oppose the law in its entirety, but simply view it as incomplete in regards to their rights and are actually feeling genuinely hurt by it. And the reason is quite simple, maybe complex or simple, I'll leave it up to you to decide, but... Um, the Jews have been very loyal to the state of Israel and participated um, in the army and that ended up sacrificing their sons in many wars while protecting this state. So if you will, they never denied that this state is supposed to be a Jewish state. But now feel that this law is making them somewhat a second-class citizen while they have sacrificed as much as the Jewish population. And so it's imperative that we listen to them and try to mend it where we can. So, you know, the previous laws ensuring democracy don't say that all citizens are equal to the law. And so many feel that this phrase should have been added in the nation state law in order for it to be somewhat acceptable for minorities that do embrace Israel as a Jewish but then many argue that there is no reason to add this phrase to this new law because this law doesn't overrule any previous basic laws that do mention freedom for all citizens and mention all democratic institutions in Israel. But if you ask me personally, I'm not against amending the law in a way the Jewish community can be comfortable with. But Israel cannot be open to any debate with minorities that totally reject Israel as a Jewish state. This should be clear. There is no point having such a debate. 
And and would you say that a, a majority of the people in Israel do accept these new laws? Well, there was a poll conducted that uh, the same amount of people, in percentage of course, uh, um, if we compare the population to the parliamentarian vote, uh, it's about 60% of the population that do support the, the law. But um, I have to say that there is a lot of, of, of them that do support a law that uh, reiterates Jewish values and the nation's state law, but would maybe want to amend it as well in such that would be comfortable for minorities. But overall, 60% of Israelis are supporting uh, uh, this new law, yes. Right, right. And what, what are some other important parts of that law, do you think, in, in the various things that, that they list in the new law? Sorry, repeat that again? In terms, in terms of the new law, are there particular areas that you think are, are worth a little more emphasis? July 19, 2018, um, the basic law, Israel as the nation, state of the Jewish people, and it passed by a narrow margin because it was 62 in favor, 55 not in favor, and two people that abstained from voting. Why was it so close of a vote? Any idea? Divided, really divided. I think the head of the party voted against the law 
argue that it doesn't. And right. then you have the Likud party, uh, the party of Netanyahu, uh, the party that proposed the law. And 97% uh, of them, or around 95-97% of the MKs voted in favor. Then you have Baiti also a nationalist party, also almost all of them voted uh, in favor. And then some of the religious parties, uh, I think the majority also voted in favor. Is there, is there a portion of the Knesset that that is not so supportive of of this law i mean clearly people there were people that didn't that didn't vote and there were people that voted against it so are, are we saying that um i guess my question is are there members of the knesset are there members of the knesset that are not jewish yeah so uh you've got the third largest party which is the arab uh, party they are not Jewish, and they all oppose the law. But then you have also non-Jewish um, MKs in other parties. And, uh, yeah, most of them, the non-Jews among them, most of them voted against the law. But then you have uh, uh, the minister, uh, minister, the Jews minister, Jews uh, origin, Minister Ayub Kara, that did vote in favor of the law. He's part of the Likud party, and he uh, insists that this law doesn't harm um, any minority rights. He, on the contrary, he insists that we have to strengthen the Jewish values uh, in the state in order to... Uh, he argues that if we keep it Jewish, then it will remain democratic. And if we enforce these values, it will remain democratic and uh, minority but minority rights will be upheld. I see. Yeah. And and um, would you? What what would you say is the one of the biggest threats to Israel right now? Uh, you mean enough? Yeah. I would say that right now. Obviously, Iran is the biggest threat, but after the latest developments with Trump, I would let's say that maybe the threat is a bit lessened because they are being now pushed back. Uh, right. They have been exporting their uh, terror activities throughout the region, and they have settled on Israel's border, and they have empowered Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, this is a serious threat. That's the, that's the threat. I mean, Netanyahu has been repeating this, and a lot of are accusing him of of using this for political interest, for self-political interest. But if you look at it in another way, if you are the statesman of the Jewish state, and you have another state um, in the same region, that is constantly, on a daily basis, threatening to wipe out your state. If you, as the Prime Minister of the Jewish state, ignore it or minimize it, you are not doing your job. Right. 
And would you say that the Jewish people feel support from the United States? I think that the uh, Jewish people leaning on the right, uh, meaning within Israel, that are you know that are really taking at heart all the Jewish values and uh, the future of the Jewish nation in in, in in the state of Israel, they are very much uh, of the opinion that America is on their side and helping them advance uh, with their project. But then you have other Jewish opinions which think otherwise. Right. Now, how would you compare, let's say, President Trump to President Obama in terms of the Jewish people feeling not only supported, but also safe, safe knowing that the U.S. would assist? Look, the, the, uh, the difference with Obama is huge. Um, Obama just went on and signed a document where uh, he made a deal with Israel's worst enemy and totally ignoring the threat that it has um, towards Israel. And um, to, downplay, to downplay the matter even more, Obama insisted that uh, without the deal, it would be worse. So I don't know what's worse than, than now. Uh, we have terror organizations all around Israel that have been empowered for years under Obama. And now uh, with Trump, they're being pushed back. Of course, it's a, it's a huge difference. Right. And, and would you say that, uh, that kind of the Jewish people feel the same across the board? You mean abroad? Uh, yeah, across, across, yeah, across the yeah, uh, aboard and abroad. <laughs> ah, okay, aboard and abroad. Yeah. So actually, it's, uh, in Israel, Israelis are are very much welcoming uh, the support of of Trump. Um, I would say from center left to the right, um, of course, a state welcomes. And uh, most of Israelis that look out for Israeli interests, they welcome Trump's support. So there are leftist political groups, leftist NGOs that are that are rejecting Trump's help. Not only they don't welcome it, welcome it, but they totally reject it and say, right. "We don't want your help." And yes, this is something. It's their opinion. It's an opinion. But luckily, we we have a situation where Israel is uh, generally welcoming Trump's help. Yes. Okay. And anything else on on the new law that you want to mention? I think that the new law is. Um, You know, the new law is something that is not going to change.
change anything for anyone. It's just ensuring things that are going on as it is now, it's just ensuring it to be the same way for the next generation. And I think that once the minorities realize it, it will calm down. And, you know, things are being polarized and in media, being, you know, the headlines, they're reducing it to, to one-liners and headlines. And, of course, then you've got people that protest because sometimes they don't even take the effort to read the law. And, uh, and, and you know, and people just uh, like to see things in black and white. Either you support the law or don't support the law. But I think we should... We shouldn't be 100% in favor or 100% against. I, me too, when I think about the law, I say it's a good law. But maybe let's listen to the minorities and see how we can improve things. But other right, than and, that, and, yeah. And see where where there can be a compromise. Yeah, so, uh, because, you know, on this law, maybe add another law or maybe even amend a previous law on 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 freedom and, and, and liberties of people. Maybe add something in that law that was passed in 1992 uh, Correct. that would reinforce equality or anything that uh, minorities might feel more comfortable with. But but look, everything I'm saying is is, is in regards to minorities that accept Israel as a Jewish state. The minorities that totally reject Israel as a Jewish state, like a lot of parliamentarians, Arab parliamentarians do in, in the Knesset, uh, I'm not talking about them, because there's nothing to talk about. I mean, if they totally reject Israel as a Jewish state, what is there to compromise about? Right. Right, and, and, and also I just want to mention, because... We, we talked earlier about the Arabic language, and I just want to kind of reaffirm what you said, and I'm reading this from, from the Times of Israel. The state's language is Hebrew. The Arabic language has a special status in the state, regulating the use of Arabic in state institutions or by them will be set in law. This clause does not harm the status given to the Arabic language before this law came into effect. So it's essentially, it's, it, you know, it is recognizing the Arabic language and, and kind of grandfathering it in by saying this clause does not harm the status given to the Arabic language before the law came into effect. Exactly. So actually what this, this means you know, Arabic language is in, on all the street signs. Arabic language is, you know, everywhere, also in, in legal documents of the state. Yes. Uh, Arabic language is uh, spoken uh, by 22% of the Israeli population, and also um, Arabs have schools, schools where they teach in Arabic. And none of that is being harmed or, or undermined after this, this law. And um, in a way, in a way, and I, and I think what I'm saying is justified because in a way, you know, Hebrew 
and neither Arabic were official languages of Israel. And now Hebrew is the official language of Israel. And Arabic has been given a, spe a special status. But I mean, there are many other languages in that state. There are a lot of Russians, for example, a lot of French-speaking people in the meantime. And none of these languages are being, um, are, are given any status. So, in a way, the nation-state law does recognize the Arabic language. Yes. Yeah, and, and even in, in the new law, they even address days of rest and Sabbath. And they say that the Sabbath and the festivals of Israel are the established days of rest in the state. Non-Jews have a right to maintain days of rest on their Sabbaths and festivals. Details of this issue will be determined by law. Yes. And more, more on that, more on that, you know, in Belgium, there is a grand amount of water that has been shut down because there was an imam there that was conducting hate speeches against Jews and gays, and it's been shut down completely. And in Austria, they are shutting down systematically mosques that are being funded from, uh, 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 from foreign funding. And in Israel, not even one mosque is being shut down on any basis. And after this law, they are not being threatened to be shut down. And even more than that, um, the Temple Mount is still being guarded by Jordania. Israel is still maintaining uh, the deal they have with Jordanians, and which makes Jews, which prohibits Jews to go up the Temple Mount to pray. Huh. So, yes, yeah, so I mean, the nation state law doesn't even harm that. This deal that prohibits Jews from going up there, even though it's also a sacred place for Jews, because Israelis always maintain the status quo of the Temple Mount. And the nation-state law doesn't touch it. Wow. So that, that's clearly something that has to be resolved. Um, I don't know. I think that it works the current way that it is. And something that works, maybe we shouldn't touch it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. If it works, don't fix it. Yeah, it works. And then, and then, and then you know, even in the, in the Jewish religion, you have many theories. You can go on the Temple Mount if the Messiah is here, and you can build the Temple only if the Messiah is here. So either way, there is no consensus of what should be done on the Temple Mount. So I see. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. And you also recently wrote an article, switching topics a bit from from the state law. And if anybody listening has a question and you want to call in, you can call 929-477-1785. Again, that number is 929-477-1785. Um, 
you you recently wrote an article. Um, Netanyahu's ties with V4 states deserve the benefit of the doubt. So let's talk about that. First, let's start off with, you know, telling the listeners about the V4 states. Yeah, so basically it's, uh, the V4 states are um, uh, the Eastern European states, um, the uh, Hungarian and Poland and, and, and the Czech, they actually they represent these states. And um, Israel has a, a relationship with these states uh, that is actually being criticized because some of these states are becoming what the EU is calling um, illiberal. And um, they have been activating Article 7 against Poland because they have been, uh, they say that they have been. Uh, replacing judges on, on the Supreme Court, uh, of which the, the courts are saying that it's not true, that there are merely uh, there are merely retired judges, and they are replacing retired judges. So right. there is a whole discussion about it, but my, my main point with this article is that many criticize Netanyahu for having a relationship with EU states that, that some consider to become but um, the way I see it, there is no there is no reason for Netanyahu to keep uh, bad relations with some EU states and with, with the others better. Netanyahu tries to maintain good relations with all states, with, with as many states as possible. But with the EU, Israel has this an association agreement, and uh, based on that. Uh, Israel is maintaining a good relationship with all EU states. There is no reason to to reject any support or any relationship um, in Israel's view. And um, some criticize some criticize Netanyahu for holding relations with with the Poles and the Hungarians because they support Israel's policy. But there is no indication that Netanyahu holds bad relations with, with other EU states that, that, that don't support Israel in international arena, arena when it, you know when when uh, the resolutions against Israeli settlements or uh, and, 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 and things in that sort. So Israel is trying to maintain relations with everyone, and this is the point that I wanted to make with my article, is that some of the things that Poland and Hungary is doing for Israel, in support of Israel, is something to take into account. And we cannot reject support based on other people's assumptions or based on other people's relations, on other states' relations. And um, I think that Netanyahu is doing right to maintain the, re- the relations with, with his state, and he doesn't need to let anyone undermine them. And and do you find that uh, Netanyahu does get a lot of criticism 
from folks? He is criticized all the time by his own people. And the media, right. if you follow Israeli media, I mean, I think Netanyahu is the most criticized leader, maybe next to Trump, he's the most criticized leader on earth by own own media. So he, he does get a lot of criticism from foreign media as well. Also from foreign media, of course. Foreign media many times are taking over from domestic media. And um, it's easy for them to... Look, Israel is a democracy. So you have uh, prestige media. You have uh, tons of NGOs that are operating in favor of Israel, but also against Israel. And um, foreign entities that are against Israel have it really easy to gather information Real information or sometimes false information that is, you know, close to the truth, and, uh, and you know, they are puzzling information and make it uh, to become the truth. But um, it's difficult. It's difficult for Israel because, you know, let's take the nation state law. The nation state law is the in Israel you. You know, in, in every, every country you have laws that are passing and being amended. And uh, you have amendments in first reading, second reading, third reading, like in every democracy. But in Israel, even if uh, there is uh, amendments, uh, you know, that need to be done uh, on the law and, and chapters that are being uh, seen as unacceptable, uh, they are going to hit media anyway. But in, in, in other countries, uh, the media only reports when the law has been passed. So the nation state law is being criticized for chapters that are not even there anymore. They have been removed wow. or amended. But the media still are still reporting on them, which is totally unfair because in other countries you have also outrageous chapters that are being amended before the law passed. Well, maybe the media needs to educate themselves a little better. <laughs> you know, the, the media is something that is part of democracy and that is really uh, necessary, and uh, uh, media has to remain free. But, you know, media cannot be not Every other yeah. is being criticized. Media should be criticized as well. We, can, we, we, we are allowed to criticize media as well. But that doesn't take away the right of free speech and free media that is really important and part of democracy because you cannot have a democracy without media and a, without an opposition in parliament and without free speech and without civil organizations. Correct. And I'm part of democracy, and I'm and I'm proud of it. I'm not against it. Yes. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I agree. I, I think some media they go out of their way 
to look for things, to criticize, etc. And, you know, others will report based on the facts and not add, you know, a different opinion or a different perspective. Um, you know, but I, I too, uh, I believe in, in media and freedom of speech, but but I think there's, for media professionals, they need to also be responsible, check their information, fact check their work, and report the facts, and leave out the opinion Unless, unless they want to say, in my opinion, this is what's going on, but not report their opinion as though it's it's the facts of the case. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and you know, you have with with this era of social media, of Twitter, where everybody is reporting. You know, all 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 politicians and statesmen are just reporting. Via Twitter, so journalists are kind of in a hurry all the time to get out the the news out already because someone will 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 just bypass them if they don't. And so it's more a race about who's going to report first than really seek for the truth. Yes. Or the real facts. And and I I think that unfortunately it's a bit the negative side of all this uh, technology and uh, social media and all of that, and I think that reporters are a bit stuck with all of that because, um, yes, they, they, they want to be first. They want to win the race. And facts are many times suffering from this. Correct. Correct. I agree. I agree totally. Um, Jenny, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Any last uh, comments that you have? And I just want to thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, I hope we will have the opportunity again soon. Absolutely. You know, Jenny, you're you're welcome on the show anytime. Thank you, you have an open door anytime you want to come on the show. You know, I, I always appreciate um, your words and, and the information that you provide. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback from the last show that we did. And, uh, you know, anything that we can ever do, you know, on your on, on our end here, please let me know. Thank you. I hope, uh, I hope that sometime in the future my, my travels will take me to, uh, to Belgium. So I can say hello to you in person. This would be great. And and certainly, uh, you know, if you're ever if you're ever coming this way, you let us know. So thank, thank you. you again. And enjoy the uh, the rest of your Sunday. I know it's uh, it's evening time now in Brussels. Yes. Wonderful. So thank you again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now, uh, before we end, I I did promise some folks that I was going to play some of um, 
Danielle Morgan's new songs. So we have uh, Grace, I'm in Love With You, and that's uh, Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan, um, our, uh, our friends in the U.K., and uh, make sure you connect with her, Real Danny Morgan Music. Um, check out her website. Connect with her on social media. Uh, you won't be disappointed. I love her music. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to her coming and playing in the United States. Uh, so we're going to go now to Grace, I'm in Love With You. And uh, again, another thanks to Jenny Aharon. And I hope that you follow her on Twitter as well and connect with her on social media. Um, she's really, really a, a great person and a great friend and uh, a diplomat with the World Jewish Congress, as well as a uh, political advisor for the European Parliament. Okay, we're going to Grace. I'm in love with you.
So that was Grace, I'm in Love With You. That was Grace, I'm in Love With You by Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan. And that's uh, that's one of the newest songs. Um, and I think we have time for one more. So we have uh, Love Me, Hold Me by Danielle Morgan.
All right. Some beautiful, beautiful classics. Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan. Uh, if you're in the UK, find out where they're, uh, where they'll be playing that's close to you. Um, I know that they're playing at different venues throughout the UK. I can't wait for their tour to start in the U.S., and uh, they will be coming back on the show. They've been, they've been on the show. Uh, it's been about, uh, oh, I guess, probably about a year since they've been on the show, so they will be back. Uh, we're working on finalizing a date for them to come back. Um, you know, I could listen to Danielle Morgan's music all day. Um, some really, really great, great classics they've been coming out with. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to the Michael Calderon Show. If you have an idea for a future show, send us a message through, the, through our page, through our show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. Um, we're working on some, some guests that will be coming on, so I don't want to mention yet because we're finalizing some dates with some pretty well-known folks that will be coming on. Uh, so just stay tuned, stay connected to social media for that. And, uh, again, you have an idea, send us a message to the show page. Let's connect on social media. And thank you so much for joining us. We're going to close out with Shy by Danielle Morgan.
Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the two megastars summer mashup. The awesome iPhone. On the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars. So you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas. Plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or on Metro PCS and past 